Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here. Not so beautiful midweek Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Big dog and the coach at your service. Two guys at a mic show. Talkzone.com. Other side of the window pane. Or we often call him the pain on the other side of the window. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, our political pundit, also our movie critic and our musical director, and what other uh, jobs we can give. Big dog and a coach at your service. We'll be talking sports and more actually today. The emphasis might be on more, but the World Series does start today. We'll sneak in a little baseball talk. Let's listen to the music, award-winning music of the two guys, Mike.com show. gracious thank you very much big dog i got a new segment for you today hopefully hopefully you didn't do too many uh sports notes and preparation for the show because i'm uh i'm going to uh, throw a lot of non-sports topics at you today probably some stories you're not aware of it's going to be a little little off the cuff show today if you will hope you're prepared for that how are you my friend well i'm already wearing cuffs right now coach so it's all good <laughs> you are huh yeah so if the cuffs can come off i'd be very happy Okay. I decided to call this segment, by the way. We might do it like once a week. Maybe okay. on Wednesdays, but uh, I'm going to call it Seek and Ye Shall Find. In other words, if you look around for enough strange and weird stories, you can find them out there in this fine country. No, no, no. There's no question. It's extremely easy. You know, Coach, when you don't do the show and I have to do it myself, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. I just go on, like, Drudge Report, and next thing I know, I legitimately have about 100 stories. I'm like, really? I can't believe all this happened. That's usually what. I, that's how I fill up an hour. Coach. Yeah. If if you are amused or amused easily or have a, a very easy sense of curiosity, if I could use that term, there's a lot out in this country. You don't need to pay a whole lot to get entertained, do you? No, no. It, honestly, just do a little research on stories about the other stuff people do to uh, either maim themselves mm-hmm. or. Uh, there's a lot of whacked out people in the world, coach. I I, I can't wait to hear what you have for us. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll throw some at you right off the bat. But I will say, by the way, our top three email requests from yesterday up to number one now. Up to the number one email question that we're getting uh, even before who's going to be the uh, – or what's the point spread on the Chicago Bears game and who do you think is going to win uh, college football and beat the Schmoes? But it's uh, will Big Dog be on the live webcast and will he be wearing his bathrobe? Coach. Number I, I one email heard. question. That is good to know. And – uh, I'm, I'm trying, I'm efforting really bad to, to get a camera, hook it up, okay. and, and do that. I, I, I don't know what's easier right now for me, the vehicle or the camera. I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out which one would be best for me. Okay. As long as it's not the bathrobe, I think that's the key thing. Hopefully, if we ever do get live webcast, uh, you know, you will dress up at least to some relative proportion because a couple of our previous live webcasts, it was embarrassing for you and yours. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't exactly say embarrassing, Coach, but it was pretty cold. I have to admit. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't wear I don't, I don't wear robes. I air dry. 
we'll let you know, Coach. I air dry. I'm not one of those guys who puts the robe on. You know, uh-huh. no, I, I, I just let it go. I'm like Rod Tidwell of uh, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's. Okay. One of my favorite lives of all time. Thank you very much. That brings back wonderful recollections, and then I think that falls under the category, possibly, of a little bit too much information. But you know, it's all about the listeners getting to know you, Big Dub. That's part of the uh, part of the allure of the show. It's good to know, Coach. Yes, whatever you guys want to know, I'm open. I'm an open book. Well, that's the problem. The bathroom was open last time. You were a little bit too much of an open book last time. At any rate, 888-463-6748. It's the dog and the coach at your service here. You want to interrupt our non-sports show today with a little sports talk, you can do that. Yes, we'll sneak in a uh, quick little preview of some of the football games coming up this weekend. And we do have an event that we will need to talk about, dog, uh, starting tonight. I believe it's called the World Series. So we'll make sure, um, on, on a scale of 1 to 10, where is your interest level right now? Uh, it, it's right at a 5. And the only reason it's a 5 is because it's the World Series. So because normally the World Series would be 10 for me. But mm-hmm. these teams aren't doing it for me. But I know, like, late on tonight, I'll be done with everything I need to do. It'll be, like, about 10 o'clock. I'll sit my fat butt on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the one thing I'll be watching will be the World Series coach. You know, the so. weird part about it is, and mine's about a 3.54, so you're about, you know, one notch higher than me. But if you look at it objectively, I'm just not into baseball right now, but if you look at it objectively and forget it's everything, Cardinals, Rangers, the players, the bullpens, can the Cardinal bullpen continue performing, you know, their David Copperfield Magic Act, uh, uh, both teams with fringe starting pitching, you know, can they last? There's really only one star pitcher in the whole series. It really is a pretty intriguing matchup, despite the fact that nobody's intrigued. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we'll definitely get into the World Series. And this matchup, I, I honestly, I cannot imagine this series not going at least six games. I can't imagine somebody else. Mm-hmm. A five-game series would really shock me in this series. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And don't forget, by the way, don't forget, David Olson. I hope you uh, remembered uh, our good friend, Wilmette Jeff. Who's got the friend? You know, it's the old heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. But remember, this guy was out in Vegas a month and a half ago. You remember I relayed that story, Doug? Yeah, the $100,000. $140,000 if the Cardinals win the World Series. He bet on them. 250 bucks. longtime Cardinal fan, having a good weekend in Vegas when they were nine and a half out and left for dead. This guy could win $150,000 if the Cardinals come through. No, he's going to have to pay taxes on that. Uh, because it's over a ten thousand dollar bet, he's he's going to get ninety thousand dollars. That's well, what he's truly getting, and that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, not really though, because under Herman Cain's nine 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 plan, <laughs> he will only have to pay nine percent of that. See, in the future, under Herman Cain, if you win big bucks like that, you will not have to pay the full tax. You only have to pay nine percent. You'll come out ahead. You know what? Nine nine nine. I will, I love that idea because instead of giving. Instead of giving four, you know, like basically four times as much, that yep. money's still in that guy's hand, and he'll go out and he'll spend it. And all of a sudden, that these people that all of a sudden, you know, made twenty bucks that day, they made twenty five that day, and then they spend that extra money, and eventually they'll be taxed four times on that same money. So that's what people need to realize: is that I'd rather have the money in our hands, spending <laughs> it, instead of a bunch of corrupt politicians' hands uh, like skimming off of it. Okay. I like it. Dave, thanks for booking economic expert Joel Radwanski joining us on the Two Guys in a Mike show. That was solid. You so might I can keep on going with that if you want to. Yeah, you know. The hunt... I, I just I'd rather have it in our pockets instead of guys that I completely trust. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. All right, real quick. Seek 
and you shall find. We go around the uh, the globe a little bit and bring up some interesting stories. One of them was right here in the city of Chicago. It's a little bit of old news, but we never brought it up on the show, Big Dog. The Chicago Marathon. 39-year-old, young, well, middle-aged lady. Pregnant to the point of delivery, ran the Chicago Marathon, and about an hour after the Chicago Marathon delivered the baby. 26.2 miles with the big tummy. Is is that safe? Depends on who you talk to. She caught a lot of flack for it, and there were a lot, uh, you know, she got some adulation, got a lot of press, but there got some negative, uh, too. Most of the doctors said, you know, that she did go through the proper channels and that it was safe. She did walk part of the time, but your common instincts would say possibly not. You know what? Uh, the the baby's going to grow up to be a rag doll. Can you imagine right before you're born getting shook around like that for about four hours? Wonder if the baby has ADD, you think they'll blame the, the mom? Without question. It's probably already suffering from post-concussion syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's eighty. to me, it's like 82% incredibly impressive. To be able to do that. And then there's like 18% that, like, what the hell are you doing? It's impressive that someone would be that stubborn to do something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure what the motivation was. Did she want to prove a point or whatever? But uh, at any rate, 39 years old, an hour after the marathon's over, at less than that, she got ambulance to the hospital and delivered like an hour afterwards. All right. So was the baby on time or was it like a month early or something? I think on, it might have come on a little bit early, but baby is uh, half happy and uh, healthy. All right, well, that's cool. That's uh, I guess that's the only thing, so I'll just shut up about it. Yeah, now who, uh, David, helped me out speaking of baby. This was not on our official Seek and You Shall Find docket here, but uh, they named their kids two pop stars. They named their twins Rock and Roll. Moroccan was the girl. Monroe was the guy, and the babies are going to be known as rock and roll. Did you hear this story, Doug? No, I have not heard which, this story. Which two celebs just had twins? Both of them are in the music world. Now, you know this, or is this a trivia question? No, I, hope no, I do not I do not know, but I do know that they named their, it just, just happened. And I thought, I thought it was actually pretty cool. Their kids will be nicknamed rock and roll. I kind of like that. Yeah, okay. Well, Similar to the pregnant mom running, some people might... Not take uh, such a positive view, but I thought it was pretty cool. Moroccan and Monroe. They'll be known as Rock and Roll. Moroccan and Monroe. Yes. It was Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon. There you go. That's who it was. Mariah Carey has another guy? she's She's been married to Nick Cannon for about five years. I don't even know who Nick Cannon is. Can you tell me who he is? Nick Cannon is the host of He's America's. the host of America's Got Talent, yeah. and he was uh, a, a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. He's, like 50, okay. he's like 15 years younger than her. Wow, he's getting it done then, huh? <laughs> or she's getting it done, depending okay. on your perspective. Well, well, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. By the no, way... I do like those relationships, the big gap. Sometimes they can work out, Coach. Okay. Well, we're going to bring up another uh, uh, sports-related famous relationship that might be back on again. It is officially part of our Seek and Ye Shall Find segment. Uh, number two item, young lady from Michigan, high school student. You might have heard this story, Big Dog. Brianna Amat was named the homecoming queen. She also happens to be the field goal kicker for the high school football team. And as luck would have it, in the middle of the fourth quarter, she kicked a game-winning Field goal, homecoming queen, also your football star. Wow, that is awesome. That's like uh, that's like the quarterback princess. 
That I mean, that was like some girl like way back in the day that was a quarterback of high school football team. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool, Coach. What, yeah. what state is it in? Uh, in Michigan. She plays for Pinckney Community High School. She received her tiara in full uniform at halftime and then booted the team's game-winning field goal in the fourth quarter. She is now nicknamed the Kicking Queen. Uh, all right, how about a U.S. Marine who lost three limbs, both arms and a leg, walks down, I'm sorry, one arm, two legs, walks down the aisle with his prosthetic legs with his wife-to-be in a wedding ceremony. What a tremendous inspirational-slash-motivational moment. What's his name, Coach? Tyler Southern, 22 oh. years old, down in Jacksonville, Florida. How oh, cool yeah. is that? Yeah, that is that is cool. How cool! And uh, and and hopefully, you know, he could get around all the time with that. The prosthetic legs and and limbs they have nowadays are absolutely phenomenal, yes. Coach. Yes. Compared to what it was five years ago, like this last couple years mm-hmm. has been like the greatest advance in the, obviously in almost every technology yeah. but it's been i mean people are walking now with no legs like this. well we've got one near olympic sprinter with a little bit of controversy right who's got the you know not the typical prosthetic legs but he has like uh it, it looks kind of like a, a boomerang yeah i don't know how else to explain it mm-hmm. but they come down underneath his knees and instead of running on feet he runs on two like springs kind of but they're like shaped in an l and it's not like he has food. You can, obviously, you can tell that he's he's walking on metal, but there's a there's a flexibility in him. Mm-hmm. And he runs track. He runs the uh, the 400 meters, and he barely missed out on uh, making the Olympics this year. And again, it's one of those stories where you're like, it, it's an 80 20. 80 percent of the story is how cool is that? That's great that guys able to overcome that and compete. But there are some people that say, wait, a, you know, it's an advantage for the guy. The guy's uh-huh. got these, you know, bouncing prosthetic legs that are obviously, you know, going to be superior. You can just imagine where technology might take us. It's almost like the wrestler, Big Dog, who uh, won the state championship in Minnesota, right, with yeah. one leg. With one leg. Uh-huh. And actually that's to some extent an advantage because obviously leverage and grabbing a leg is a big part of it. Yeah, Dave? Oh, I, I say it's cl- it's clearly an advantage. Clearly. As, as heartwarming as the story it, is, it, it, it is a great story and it is it is amazing. But it's clearly an advantage. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, taking that, Dave. Just wondering, do you have a problem with him competing and trying to make the Olympics? Well, yeah, yeah, Based yeah. Because it, it's, yeah. it's an advantage. It's it's an advantage. I, I like I every like you know every you know. Granted, everybody else out there has actual legs, but he's got. Prosthetics that they did that arguably help him run faster. So, I like I like what he said when they asked me. He's like, I would much rather have feet. I like when I when they said, What do you think? I said, I'd much rather have feet. Well, that's 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 a good response, but it still doesn't take away what David Olson and many other people feel. I and I, I completely agree that yeah. he probably does have an advantage, but they really mm-hmm. can't prove it either if he does or mm-hmm. if he doesn't. Yeah. Well, that's not true either. You probably could do some scientific studies, but we're getting away from the point. Let's throw some congrats out. Beautiful thing, Tyler yeah. Southern, age twenty two, getting married, walking down the aisle. I love his quote too. He said, "It's hard to get me off the happy horse." He said, this guy's just got a positive outlook on life. He's going to move forward. How about this, um, his final quote, I've got the world at my prosthetic feet. <laughs> okay, I can't. Yeah, Tyler Southern, age 22. Very, very cool. All right, uh, taking it all in stride. Uh, again, the new segment here, Seek and Ye Shall Find. Big Dog and a Coach, two guys in a mic show. We'll get to a little World Series talk and some preview football in just a second. But Lexington, Kentucky, Big Dog. 
Voted by Men's Health Magazine as the least active city in the country, the laziest city in the country. So they took it in stride. I like this with a little bit of sense of humor. They actually had what they called their sedentary parade. And the mayor, Jim Gray, rode on a motorized couch with his feet up on a table. And all the residents were told to sit out, uh, put a lawn chair out on their lawn and sit on the lawn chair with their feet up and watch the parade. Okay. You know, now, you know that's, that's all well and good, and I love the sense of humor. But then I think you might want to back it up by saying, hey, let's, let's get off of this list forever and never be on it again. How about that? And mm-hmm. why don't we get up and walk around a little bit and maybe uh, – that whole play six the NFL is doing, I love that. It's like trying to tell kids get out and actually exercise because a lot of them don't even have gym anymore. Mm-hmm. We can't be sitting around rotting away, Coach. Yeah, you're right. You don't want to make too much of a joke of it. But, you know, and first of all, how does Mountain's Health Magazine actually rate that, you know? But if you're going to get that award, you do want to change it. But but also, Big Dog, and this is a little less than a light, that's what we do here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. We partake on lessons in life. A little hey, philosophy here on the show, but... You do got to deal with negatives in life with a little bit of sense of humor. It does help. I really don't appreciate that uh, that you just knocked men's health uh, uh, scientific data that well, they came up with for, for finding out that last thing in Kentucky. Coach, they spent hundreds of dollars on that particular study. Okay, <laughs> Hundreds, just hundreds, huh? Yes, they did, okay. <laughs> And I'm sure it was money well spent. Yeah, I, I don't mean to knock men's health magazine, by the way. We used to get a free prescription. Or subscription. Yeah, well, it was a prescription. It's yeah, a but... Health thing, you know, it's, so it's a prescription. It's actually it's a very good magazine. Very good. Now, ever since I've stopped getting the freebie, I haven't dished out the two, three, four, five bucks, whatever it costs. But Men's Health Magazine, I do not mean to cut it down. Very uh, quality magazine with great articles and good pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when they had Christina Aguilera on the cover, that's when I thought they started changing like the philosophy a little bit too much. Outstanding. So. Great pectorals. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And her um, soleus uh, maximus was not too bad either. Uh, all right, next story. Again, seek and ye shall find. It might be the first and last time we do it, but let's enjoy it no, while no, we... I like it. I'm liking it, Coach. All right, like thank it. you very much. Knitcraft, a high-end knitwear company, Winona, Minnesota. Sales of its black turtlenecks have sold tenfold ever since the death of Stephen Jobs. People are going with the black turtleneck look in honor of the dearly departed Stephen Jobs. Well, that's bringing the turtleneck back? Well, I think it's temporary. Well, you know what comes with turtlenecks, Coach? A rash. No, man boobs. That's also when, because those those turtlenecks are usually tight. You know what I'm saying? And the rash comes, but then now we're going to have to start seeing way too many slightly overweight guys. (laughs) We're going to actually be like, wow, that means you look better than your wife does right now. (laughs) Yeah, but, but, but was he wearing, was it really a turtleneck, or was that considered a mock turtleneck? Yeah, mock turtleneck okay. would be a better description. You yeah. are correct. Oh, mock, mock turtlenecks don't run up on the guys as much as the regular turtlenecks do. Right. So luckily, we won't have to worry about this. Yeah. David is exactly correct, keeping us on the uh, up and arrow here, keeping us on the straight and arrow. The mock turtleneck, kind of a sleeker, more fashionable version, and basically, you don't have to, like, cuff it over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and it, doesn't, it isn't as tight on you for some reason. Yeah. Have you never noticed that turtlenecks? Like our tight? Yeah. Or is it just me? The mock, no, no, no. I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Um, all right. Now, this story, uh, this this might hit a little bit home for you, Big Doug, because you've had some Uh-oh. experience here. But uh, the Florida oh, legislature is, huh? Oh, the Aurora legislature? Florida. Oh. Not the Aurora. I know you're calling in from the beautiful uh, 
fine city of Aurora. Florida legislator began considering a repeal of the state's ban on dwarf tossing. A bar game in Florida in which patrons hurled dwarfs onto mattresses. All yeah. the ban does, Representative uh, Rich Workman not happy with it in his district, all the ban does is prevent some dwarfs from getting jobs. They would be happy to get there about to ban dwarf tossing in the fine state of Florida. That is horrible. Horrible. <laughs> you know, I, I have told people this, and a lot of people thought I'm kidding. There's stuff that I have seen in my life that I can't talk about on these airways, but I would love to. But one thing I can talk about that I saw is in 1990, playing football at McMurray College, we finally get, we played our last Saturday scrimmage, and we get Sunday off, and we get Saturday night to do whatever the heck we want. Coach, Every four one of those days that I had during football practice, I can't even I can't even tell you the days that those nights that we had. Okay, but the first night we show up at the Illinois State Fair, <laughs> which we went to every single year, and I'm not kidding you, I saw a human little tiny like I saw a cow fly in the air and everybody go wild. I mean, and thousands of people lined up. <laughs> and I look up and there's a sign, the 1990 uh, Illinois State Championship midget tossing. Coach, they were throwing people in the air as far as they possibly could. And whatever midget with the what did they what did they land on? Like a slip and side? It was like oh, it was it was it was funny that you said it because they it was kind of watered down so they would slide, and it, <laughs> and it was a tiny bit down the hill, but they landed on basically like wrestling mat. Okay, uh-huh. it was, and I am not these these guys landed well. They were thrown properly, and these little dudes would fly. And the technique was beautiful. And, and to be quite honest with you, I was so excited that when I got back when I got back to practice, I started practicing with one of the soccer players named Arturo Soto, also a freshman. Okay, I love the guy. He want, he tried out for the football team, couldn't make it because he wanted a kid. I started throwing Arturo, who was like five foot two and one hundred twenty five pounds. Okay, and we would get drunk, and I would and throw Arturo onto a pile. Of was Ar- Arturo was in agreement with this? Uh, he well, when we got him drunk, he just like hanging out with us. So he <laughs> did whatever we wanted him to. Okay. Now looking back, he may have been a very large Mayan. Now that I think about this, uh, I love Arturo. I need I need to contact him. Well, uh, I come back the next year, find out I was going to get myself my own midget. I find out you got to pay these guys like a hundred to two hundred dollars, and and they'll let you throw them. And they banned it in 1991. The last year we saw the last midget tossing ever in the state of Illinois, coach. I was at the championship. I, would I wish think... I had a video camera. It was worth the I, without question, one of the funniest days of my entire life. That <laughs> will never be forgotten. Without, I mean, all of our boys that play football at Beck Murray, if you just say Midget Tossing 1990, <laughs> they will actually they will probably split their pants. <laughs> now, do the guys, do the uh, you know the experts at it, do they do like the discus? Do they twirl them around like three times and then fling them? Well, or the, what, well, what is the proper technique? One. If you got a real small one and if you don't like them, you do that because accuracy is a very big problem. Yes. What, the key is you got to, like, grab them up, like, right on their junk coach, okay, and, like, behind their neck. Okay. And then you got to, like, rock back and forth, swing them, like, from ah, side to side. Okay. You know what I mean? And then you throw them sideways. Okay. okay. Interesting. There were guys who would hold them that way and spin, and then the, the guy would throw them, like, right down, and then, oh, that would, that would be ugly. <laughs> the more air you get on these midgets, the farther you throw them, the better. It's like a cat the better they'll be able to adjust their body and land properly. At least that's what I was told by one of the throwers. Yeah. All right, so you would, you, would be, uh, you would be in agreement with Representative Rich Workman, who's not happy about it, and in disagreement with the state of Florida legislature in outlawing dwarf tossing. No, 
I, I didn't. The only the only time I saw one of these dwarf uh, midgets because they they called them midgets. They they were dwarfs too. Was when one guy like did spin and throw the guy right to the ground. And that guy got hurt pretty bad. Ouch. But other than that, everybody was they, everybody was having a good time. You have no mm -hmm. idea. These guys are running back to get thrown again. High five in the crowd, coach. I've never seen such joy in little people. Ever since then, I've had an affinity for midgets. I mean, ever I believe the I've politically been... correct term would be dwarfs or little person. No, no, no. I don't think, do we no. call it midgets now? No, you're right. I shouldn't say midgets. Little people is the right is the yes. correct term. Yep. But uh, there is a difference between the midget and a dwarf. There is a, okay. uh, there's a complete difference. Right. Dwarfs Thanks. have normal sized hands, head, feet, and genitalia. Our midgets are the same size proportionally, just very small. Interesting. Interesting. Outstanding information here. All right, moving along. Seek, and you shall find here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. By the way, you want to comment on any of these dilapidated stories and more, or if you got another story you want to bring up for our Seek, and you shall find segment, uh, you can get the big dog in the call, Coach, a call at 888-463-6748. We'll always take stories, comments, criticisms, God forbid a positive remark as well at our email, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. Big dog, after Columbia University researchers found that single women consider overweight men more attractive if they are wealthy. For each 10% increase in body mass index, a single man must get a 2% raise in salary to stay in the same dating pool. That's not bad. Think about it. If you get, that's five times the amount of fat. As for the money that you're making, mm -hmm. women aren't as superficial as you think, Coach. Really. For that's each 10%, a 10% increase in body max, the guy must get a 2% raise in his salary, and then you can stay in the same dating pool. Really? It kind of puts a, a rather negative light on females and their dating habits, doesn't it? No, 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 Coach. Really, that's the point. Is Right when you started saying this, I started thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in hot pursuit right now. Okay. But when you think about <clears throat> what that just said, 10% extra fat. Okay. So you can get really fat, but you only have to make a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's women are, that's the point. Women aren't as superficial as maybe they're being portrayed. I'm not talking about that. Interesting. Everyone. So you've taken kind of a reverse approach to this. I kind of, not I've fully, actually, but I kind of see where you're going. And the motto for guys is eat well and, uh, and work well. Well, yeah, well, the, the key is, I mean, if, if you can really let yourself go, but you just, you know, got to get a 2% raise isn't that difficult. It doesn't everybody get that every year. Well, we used to. Job. We used to before uh, some of the financial crunch, but yeah, it used to be at least a two percent. That was a fairly normal rise of uh, okay so, cost of living salary raise. So uh, think about this, coach. Think about this. If you're making fifty thousand dollars a year, which would be a, a nice paying job for somebody, okay, and you get a two percent increase. Now you're making fifty one fifty one thousand dollars. Okay, so mm -hmm. you're still not making a thousand dollars a week. But you weighed 200 pounds, and now you go up to 220. That's a big difference. You know when you used to, oh, my goodness, you put on 20 pounds, and you can see it. And that's only 10% body mass they're talking about. So that might be totally different. So that could be like a 40-pound mm -hmm. like increase from somebody that's 200 pounds, which makes you look totally mm -hmm. different. Not bad. 
Not, not bad, bad at all. I, I, I applaud the women not, out there. Not bad, bad at all. Bad. You've, 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 though I read the story. I looked at it one way. You've given me a different uh, twist at it. Hopefully open the eyes to some of our uh, listeners as well. That's outstanding, Big Dub. By the way, one of our listeners, what's that? I get it now, Coach. By the way, because if you think about it, that extra $1,000 a year is what it's going to cost you in buying her dessert now because she doesn't care that you're fat. <laughs> Uh, there's almost some logic there, Big Day. You know, you're starting to make sense to me, and that, that starts to worry me a little bit. I'm sorry, I really am. I don't mean to do that. Too. All right, our good friend, emailer. We haven't heard from her for a while, but Cinemax Cindy back in the house. Cinemax Cindy says, ask Joel. He keeps talking about hot pursuit of this young lady. How long has he been in hot pursuit, and uh, how is the pursuing going? That's from Cinemax well, I, Cindy. I, would, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't exactly call it hot. It's a lukewarm pursuit, but it's a very, very good one, Coach. Okay. It's a very good pursuit. I'm yeah. enjoying it. You've, I'm you, enjoying it so much. So you've, been on the, you've been on the chase for a while. Yes. How would you liken it if you could connect it to sports? Like what defensive lineman chasing what quarterback? Could you give us a comparison to a, a football version of the hot pursuit? I imagine like a Deacon Jones who just gave somebody a head slap mm -hmm. and, and like chasing down a Doug Flutie. Right now is what, okay. it, is what it looks like. All right. Not the fastest guy in the world, but nevertheless an elusive. And first you got to find him, then you got to catch him at Doug Flutie. And in, in, in terms of and in, in terms of baseball, if you want to, because that's how usually guys do it. So so far I'm on, I'm still on first base. I was mm -hmm. hit by pitch. That's how I got on. Okay. All right. And and now there's there's been a lot of stalling on the mound so far. Ah, not good. I'd send no, no, if, if I were you, good. I'd send the runner on the first pitch. I'm I'm, I'm trying, coach. Yep. Enough of this delay between pitches. I'd, I'd take off on the first pitch, see if you're out or in, and let's move on to the next topic. All right, couple of uh, uh, marriages slash dating situations here on our on our uh, seeking you shall find an award winning segment here in the two guys okay. at a mic show. You're well aware we have not brought it up on the show. Paul McCartney of the Beatles after a brutismal second marriage, a wonderful first marriage, which of course tragically ended with uh, Linda dying too soon, got married last week. Big dog. 51-year-old financier Nancy Shevel marrying Paul McCartney. I'm sure you're thrilled about that. You know, it's, it's actually pretty cool because ever since Michael Jackson fleeced Paul McCartney, you know, I think he actually married someone with more money than him. Good. Yeah. Probably for him at this stage of his life. You know what I mean? And they mm -hmm. seem pretty happy together. I like Paul McCartney. He's a good guy. You know, he's kind of... Uh, Goofy. He reminds me of Ernie Banks, and I really don't know if he knows what's going on. But then again, he's extremely <laughs> successful, so he probably does know what's going on. He's like yep. one of those guys has yep. like that type of attitude. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that going on. A little bit of yeah. uh, Ronald Reagan, the final two years. A little bit of the current Ernie Banks. Nice as can be, but possibly not completely. Uh, all partaking of everything we partake in. <laughs> Good point. Coach. If I can put that as gently as possible. They had a wedding, by the way, vegetarian feast. Of goat cheese polenta, I'm not, don't even want to ask. Argola salad and vegan wedding cake. Uh, are you familiar with the vegan wedding cake? Well, I got to tell you something, Coach. Cake is the most overrated food on the planet. I, I, I know that people, uh, people get upset when I say that. Well, I'm going to give I, you. I'm, I'm going to give you a yes and a no on that, but you describe. But I may agree with you. I may not. I would try the vegan cake just because it was something different, and I would just assume it would not be any good. What exactly? What, what does vegan mean? Vegan would mean that there was no animal products in it whatsoever, and cake uh. is made with eggs and possibly a little milk. I'd have to ask Cloudy or, or David. I'm sure mm -hmm. they would know. We, we, uh, us two buffoons wouldn't know. 
But hold on a second. Hey, Cloudy, you put milk in cake? But wouldn't milk and eggs be considered animal products that come? They from are. Animal? So you can't have you can't have milk or eggs. In so that nothing, cake. not nothing. only part of the animal, but can't come out of the animal. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Correct. Because wow. nothing, nothing. Interesting. So any possible way that you could not eat French fries that were made in any type of fat that was an animal fat mm-hmm. or like everything. You, you every possible thing that has anything to do with an animal, and also the processing of the food too. Mm-hmm. There have to be a whole food. You now, my whole food, I, I, right? Yeah, I do understand that. What about the people that go a step further? You know, uh, potatoes are people too. You're killing vegetables. So if you're anti-animal and anti-vegetable, what exactly do you eat? Uh, you starve to death, coach. They call you Bobby. <laughs> they call you Bobby Sanders, and they say, "Hey, can we just have yeah. at least have you stand up for somebody's rights and just starve yourself to death? Maybe we can solve something." Either that, or like- you, eat, you eat like tree bark, and um, passing gas can be a very painful experience. Well, uh, you know, that's a good point, though. And I just realized that you're right, because you could eat the because the, the tree would go on living. That's just, uh, I guess you wouldn't have to starve. Here's where I'm going to, by the way, here's where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the cake. Uh, cake, if you get rid of all the crappy frosting and just no. the pure cake part, cake like it used to be. Good old cake. You look at cakes now in the grocery store, you buy a birthday cake. Or you look at wedding cake, it's like 60%, 70% frosting. The cake is getting less and less. You give me a good old cake and put it in a bowl, Big Dog, and put some water over it. You just eat water and plain old cake. Outstanding. So that's why water I kind of... Cake. What's that? Water and cake. Water? Well, I, I, that's nasty, Coach. I'd have to drink some milk. No, no, milk. No, I, did I say water? Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. You put it in a bowl, you put milk over it. Yeah. And then you eat the cake in the bowl with the milk, and, you know, you take the spoonfuls of the milk, and you keep putting it over the cake so it gets milk entrenched. That's cake the way we used to eat it. That's the good old-fashioned cake. That's still pretty good stuff. Well, if it was made by my grandma, Eleanor, heck, yeah, that sounds like a really good cake. I I think I was spoiled. You have no clue, Coach. My grandma used to make, like, these most unbelievable cakes, and and plus I was Polish, so all these pastries I used to eat. Uh I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not a cake guy. I, I would rather have a pie any day. Give me that blueberry pie, homemade blueberry pie. I'll love it. I'll take cherry. I'm right with you. David Olson, food critic. Uh, yes, sir. Vegan? Well, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. So I looked up a couple of vegan cake recipes. And how they get around the whole egg thing and the milk thing is they use soy milk instead of regular milk. Okay. okay and then what they the use pie? an egg replacer. Now, depending on the recipe, egg replacers can be potato starch, mashed potatoes, canned pumpkin, pureed prunes, water and baking powder, or ground flaxseed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. Delicious. <laughs> hey, pumpkins are people too, big dog. Oh my goodness! If, if you, you, can't, know, I, huh? you know, I would actually try. I would eat all the foods that do how you said how to do them. But I, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with eating a few eggs every once in a while. I mean, there's a reason why we where we're at on the food chain. So I don't understand vegans who don't eat fish. How could you not eat fish? The, 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 I, I, that stuff I don't understand because fish are put here for us to eat. I swear to you, Coach. That's why they're on this planet is for us to eat them. All right. Let's move move so. along. One other uh, relationship that has not hit the barrage stage, but it's back on again. Baseball connected, Big Dog. And I know you have a uh, semi-crush, if not a slight stalking situation with Minka Kelly. But Derek Jeter, Minka Kelly, back on again, my friend. 
oh, they're back on again. You know what? They said it was an amicable breakup. Yep. And I said, oh, amicable breakup means to uh, make up sex. That's basically <laughs> what amicable breakup means. So, yeah, they, those two, I think, probably should end up together. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Both of them, who, I shouldn't tell them what to do with their lives. But No, uh, no I reason. I, Just... I really don't know any of these, like, star, like, relationships. I don't know any of them. It's funny, but I do know this one. I got to tell you, she seems like a pretty good girl, a pretty good girl. So depending mm-hmm. on uh, how much Derek Jeter's eyes wander, yep. is whether or not they should be together. Yep. All right. Uh, final two stories here again. Seek and ye shall find. Two guys in a mic show. We're jumping off the sports page today. We'll finish these last couple and then uh, take a sneak peek ahead at the World Series and a couple of uh, pretty good football games coming up this weekend, both at the professional and collegiate level. Big Dog and the coach, you want to chime in on the conversation? Love to hear from you. Phone lines open 888-463-6748. Big Dog, check this one out. Now, an Alabama company offering to turn dead people's ashes into ammunition that loved ones can then fire as a final tribute. It's about celebrating life, says the owner, Thad Holmes. The company is called Holy Smoke. (laughs) (laughs) The firm packs the deceased ashes into shotgun shells or rifle cartridges, which can then be shot into the air or at targets. We know how strange it sounds, but the business has been very successful. Blah, 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 blah. There it is. Holy smokes. What a unique, if not somewhat sick and sordid idea. Hey, hey, you know, Coach, uh, you know, what I want you to do, because, you know, my mom isn't going to do it for me, so I need you to do this. Is I'm going to swallow seeds on my deathbed, and, I'm, and I want you to dig a hole in my garden and just throw me in. Yep. Okay? Uh, but... I want you to take an ankle now and have them burn that up and then have them put that in the shotgun cell and shoot it too. I need to have both now, actually, now that I think about it. There's not a bone in the ankle. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's not going to, you know, sprout up too much flowers. It's going to take years mm-hmm. for that to happen. So It's a nice touch, though. You know, the 21-gun salute, the that's smoke awesome. coming out, the ashes, it's actual you. And, David, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but Big Dog, I think, I don't know if you came up with this or heard it from somebody, but one of the greatest ideas I've ever heard you have, and that is you you basically swallow seeds right before death, correct? Yeah. And then you get buried in a somewhere underground fertile area uh-huh. where the seeds can grow, and then you are part of the tree. You know, it's, it's phenomenal. See, I always wanted to do that, Coach. And Pearl Jam made a song, and they had those lyrics in it. Mm-hmm. I, was, I just cracked up after I heard that. I was like, I've been saying this for years. I met... Uh, Oh, there's there's this guy Dane whatever he's a he's a comic and I was with him one day Dane Cook Dane Cook and I was explaining this to him and then and I was with like my buddies that I worked with Nike Town and I was like you know that guy was a total DB well about a couple of years later he's at a, he's at a comic show and he's explaining that when he was in Chicago he met some guy that serious feeds on a deathbed and have a tree where he's like, he needs to believe in Jesus Christ. I was like, really? And he was talking about me. This is no joke, Coach. You can, I, How I cool is that? So he, u- he used you in a stand-up routine. Yes, exactly. He's making fun of me in a stand-up routine about how stupid I could possibly be to be open-minded enough to, to think that maybe oh, okay. you know, life might be a little different. than. Okay. So he didn't, he didn't use it so much as humor, but he was... He was Rocking me. Yes. All of us yeah. want to be, we want to be laughed with Big Dog. We don't want to be laughed at. Well, no, no, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Ever since then, I've always wanted to hit him in his chin. But I, I haven't seen him since, and, you know, whatever. He, his stand-up isn't like telling Joseph's telling mm-hmm. story. So but that's, okay. that's the only one I've ever seen him. Somebody made me watch it, and I was like, they were all laughing. They're like, that had to be you. They're like, it had to be you. Who else mm-hmm. could it possibly be? Okay. So, uh, um, 
I totally lost track what I was saying, Coach. Because I well, got the whole encode thing. Doesn't really matter. If, if people want more information on it, uh, not not the seedlings in the ground, which is a great concept. I don't know if you've come up with a website for that, but uh, holysmoke.com, I believe, is the website if you uh, really want your ashes in a 21-gun salute. Uh, final item, Big Dog. Final item in two guys in a Mike's award-winning seek, and ye shall find New York artists is planning to give birth before an audience in an art gallery as part of a performance piece titled The Birth of a Baby. Artist, artist Marnie Kotak is now living in a birthing room at the Microscope Gallery. She will actually give birth, theoretically at least, in front of people at a museum-type setting. Now, uh, hopefully they'll bring crackers for the placenta. <laughs> She's done this before. says in previous shows she staged reenactments of attending her grandfather's funeral and also on reenactment of her losing her virginity at a Blue Plymouth. A Blue Plymouth? How old is this woman? Who drove a a Plymouth? I mean, she must be older than the 39-year-old woman that was uh, gave birth after the marathon. A lot of birthing stories, Coach. Artist Marnie Kotek. Go figure. Go figure. Like I said, Bidou, you can span the globe here. Seek, and ye shall find. You don't need to, uh, you know, go to a movie or turn on the TV if you just open your eyes to the everyday happenings and the weird instances of life and uh, just have some natural curiosity. You can entertain yourself in the comfort of your own that woman has to live on the lower west side of, of Manhattan, doesn't she, Coach? Well, she's in New York. Doesn't say oh, any more specific. I don't know where the microscope gallery is. Okay, I, I don't. I don't know if you said New York, and I just didn't realize yeah. it. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, without a question. The audience will soon witness her first child emerge. I wonder if there'll be like a line waiting. You know, there's probably like guys out there with like uh, birthing fetishes. You know, there's probably going to be some creeps at that place. <laughs> Birthing fetishes. Really? Come on. Like, Come on. Nobody's got a birthing fetish. Coach, you're out of your Can't mind. Be. There is a fetish for every no, single thing on this not planet. Not birthing. There's probably a guy with a fetish for football helmets. Okay? I mean, there are, you name it, people are odd, Coach. That I can believe. There nobody. As odd as people. You don't have to convince me about the oddity of people. That's the very essence of Seeking Ye Shall Find, a regular segment here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. But nobody, nobody has a fetish for birthing. Well, supposedly giving birth is the most painful thing that a human being can go through, okay? Well, maybe there's people that get off on watching people go get like go through extreme amounts of pain. Okay, now you're getting closer. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Don't be so, I guarantee you, how many people do you think show up for that? Now, since she's done it more than once, she's probably getting a pretty good crowd. There's going to be 100 people there, mm-hmm. okay? Don't tell me there's not 10 total creeps in the audience that went there by themselves and are going <laughs> to go home and, and, and like... <laughs> And, like, take pictures with crayon over what they saw. Okay, Coach. Yeah. Now that we've mentioned on the two guys in a mic show, there'll probably be 101 people in line. <laughs> yeah. By the way, David, I don't know if you've heard my theory or not, but I'm, well, not firmly, but semi-convinced that within our lifetime we will witness the first impregnated male. Some way or another, a male will deliver a baby before I pass on, Big Dog. And no, if not, I- it might have to be me, but it will be. When Liza Minnelli married David Geffen, I thought David Geffen would be the first. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I mean, look at the two of them. I mean, she used to beat them senseless. I mean, she wore the pants. <laughs> I just figured that's what would happen. So, <laughs> the most powerful uh, men in Jesus. Goodness. Hey, by the way, you mentioned Pearl Jam and uh, not Cinemax Cindy, but it looks like Baltimore Brad emailed in and said, let Big Dog know there's a Pearl Jam documentary. I actually saw this advertised. 
this Friday. I think it's on PBS. It's supposed oh, to be pretty good. It. Yeah, it's supposed to be oh, very, very good. Thank you so much. I've been out of the loop. All I know is every single song that they have made, I know. But I just mm-hmm. feel like stuff like this, I need to know. Thank you very it's, much. It's Colin. this oh. Friday, I believe, PBS, Pearl Jam. There's a name for it, but it is basically a documentary and supposedly very well-reviewed on uh, Pearl Jam. It's part uh, of the Pearl Jam 20. Is that what you're yes. referring to? Yeah, Cameron Crowe's movie. Cameron Crowe, oh, there you go. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know Cameron Crowe was doing a movie. I didn't realize it was all done and everything. What so did Cameron Crowe do? He did Almost Famous? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, he did Almost Which Famous. Which I've still never seen. Yeah, oh, it's one of, the, one of the best movies seen, of the 90s. I haven't. I need to no, see no, it. You, that is, you need to rent it and watch it tonight, Coach. It's that good. It's without question in my top 100 movies of all time. Really? Period. Okay. Yes. What do you think, David? Top 100 movies in your list? Uh, it's it's probably in the top 20. Wow. It's it's just a, it's an amazing movie. It's just very, very well done. It's heartwarming, Coach. It's ridiculously heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Like, you watch it and... You'll be singing along. I'm not kidding. You'll end up singing along during the movie. There's been a number of times I've been flipping through my on-demand with lots of selections, and I almost, almost walked out to the mound, signaled for the right-hander, or went to Almost Famous, but some other movie usually takes precedence. I need to uh, sit down That's for an hour. hour and 45 minutes okay. that you'll be happy that you spent watching a movie. I will do so. Some of his other work that you may be familiar with, uh, Say Anything. Okay. Awesome. Jerry Maguire. Awesome. Vanilla Sky, which was terrible. Say anything well, with David Duchovny? No, 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 with uh, John Cusack. Yes. yes, that's who I'm thinking, yeah. And Mini Driver. Mini Driver, yeah. right? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then uh, he wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High, ah. which was like loosely based on his experiences. Okay. <laughs> well, no, no, because he, he went undercover as a high school student, wrote about mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Almost Famous is, is basically his biography. Yes, which is really cool, Coach, is the fact that, like, that's how we got started with Rolling Stone, was how, like, kind of like how this kid, you got to watch the movie, Coach, it, mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah, it's so and good. the experiences this kid has with this uh, fictional band. Called Stillwater. Uh, yeah, Stillwater is based on Cameron, Cameron Crowe's experiences with, who was Zeppelin, the Eagles, and then there was one other band, and then he just hodgepodged them all together. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to check that out, but Big Dog, make sure you don't miss Pearl Jam 20 because... Uh, oh, I know. I, it's that, I guarantee it. I've, I've, I'm, right when we get done with this, I'm going to make sure I record it. So, mm-hmm. heck yeah, I will not miss that. And thank you very much, Baltimore Sam. Appreciate it. I think it was Baltimore Brad, but but uh, he'll take okay. the compliment. All right, 888-463-6748. Seek and ye shall find maybe, just maybe, a semi-regular segment here on the... Uh, Two guys at a mic show, Big Dog, real quick, sneak peek ahead. Folks, you want to chime in, love to hear from you. little sports talk here. We do have the World Series starting tonight. A very well-rested Chris Carpenter going up against C.J. Wilson. We already talked about, despite the semi-lack of interest, it's, it's still a heck of a matchup, the Rangers and the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't worry about what other people think of the World Series. It does bother me a tiny bit that a, a, a sport that could average 35,000 a game when the championships are on the line, nobody in the world cares about it. Doesn't, isn't it weird, Coach? Like, attendance is up, baseball is doing great, and the World Series comes, That's, and nobody cares about it anymore. I've heard a couple stuff. experts, and uh, one this morning from Fox being interviewed, and, and he was kind of bringing up that same quandary where, yes, the ratings are down nationally, the championship series ratings were down, but, Individual teams' attendance and TV viewing is way up, so that's, I guess, it's showing a regional interest, not so much a natural interest, a little bit of national interest, but uh, slightly odd, big dub. 
Well, you know what? You know what it is. Is even more so than hockey, there is no sport that you need to be at to truly appreciate the game more than baseball. Watching baseball on TV for people that haven't like fallen in love with baseball yet is brutal. It's like the worst sport ever for them. Like they're like, what is going on? You know, honestly, I think that has a little bit to do with it because when you go to a game, it's phenomenal and everybody loves to go to them. And, and if you're not into a team, it's hard to watch it on television, even if it's the World Series coach. I'm not sure I agree with that. Well, I'm talking because there's so many baseball novices out there. Yeah. But people don't grow up on baseball like like you and I did, who like really know the story of yeah. the game and realize how important everything is. You know what I mean? And so what ends up happening is like football is so easy to watch on television, and like it's it's broken down and it's kind of basic. But baseball has so many little intricacies in it that the average guy misses out if they're just watching on television. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's another reason why, besides the fact that it's just, like we were talking yesterday, the, the games are at, ending at 1 o'clock in the morning and the kids aren't falling in love yep. with it like they used to. That's a definitive problem, and the games take too long, too. I think the biggest curious part of the story, both teams, you know, the star powers, there, there's some great hitting. I think the most interesting part of the series is can the St. Louis Cardinal bullpen so poor in performance and reputation for a good part of the season, so phenomenal towards the stretch run and in the playoffs, can they hold out for one more pressure-packed series? I think that's the biggest story. The Cardinal bullpen, can they continue doing it? Yeah, no, you're exactly right, because this was a bad bullpen during the season, and all of a sudden during the postseason, it's the Cardinals' biggest strength. And a moment ago, Coach, didn't you just ask or mention these games take way too long? Yes. Well, Tony La Russa and Ron Washington are going to wear a pack oh. So you think that these games are going to be even longer than your typical World Series games? Brutal. Because the Cardinals and the Rangers, listen to this, people. This is one of the craziest stats you will ever hear. The World Series participants have not had a pitcher go more than six innings yet in this postseason. Have you, what, what kind of stat is that, Coach? That. Is that's it, amazing. you have to let that one sink in a little bit and think about it, but that is that falls under the category of amazing. Not just the last series, but in the postseason, both teams combined, your winning teams uh-huh. did not have a starter go into the seventh inning. It, you, the game one starter for the for the for the Rangers, who has pitched two games in the postseason, has an eight point zero nine ERA. Okay. <laughs> The, the best pitcher, the only the only like reliable pitcher in this postseason right now has been Chris Carpenter, and mm-hmm. he's been average compared to what he typically is in clutch situations. Yeah, his, but he's figured out to win two games. His last performance out was not that great, but uh, yeah, he won. Yeah, I mean, one could argue, dog, and you you would know better than others here. You take the starting pitching for these two teams, and probably the weakest. Collective ever. starting pitching staffs to ever match up in the World Series? Ever. Ever, Coach. And legitimately, anybody can throw out any year, and I'll throw the pitching staffs out for those teams. This is by far the weakest in the history of the game of baseball. You go last year, obviously, the Giants starting staff. That's enough said. You know, go back all the Yankees and Phillies and Tampa Bay Rays that have been in the World Series. These pitching staffs is by far the weakest. This thing is... Record's going to be broke offensively in this World Series. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was it? Uh, Tony La Russa, something like 36 pitching changes in his series. Ron Washington, 33. I don't know if those numbers are exact, but both managers, as you alluded to, early and often out to the bullpen. So expect uh, four-hour games. 
Yeah, yeah, and I don't know what those numbers were for changes, but I do know that the Cardinals' bullpen had more innings than the starters, and the same with the Rangers in the last series. So obviously, there was quite a few pitching changes, because you don't send a a pitcher, especially in the National Mm -hmm. League, out there for more than an inning and a half. It just, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't happen. Okay. Hey, real quick, a couple of minutes left. I want to preview a little bit of college football, but in the NFL football front, David Olson reporting to us uh, yet another quarterback change. Really, there's three of them. Coming up this week, weekend, Big Dog, uh, the quarterback, obviously the marquee, the key position. Carson Palmer, probably going to quarterback the Oakland Raiders. They traded for him. Your thoughts on that? Christian Ponder has, I guess, unofficially been named the quarterback of the Minnesota Viking. Donovan McNabb will be Coach McNabb. And Rex Grossman out. John Beck is in, if you would, in a minute and 42.5 seconds comment on those big three. Uh, I predicted Grossman would be out after five games. It was six. I was completely off-base and wrong about that, Coach. <laughs> completely missed that one, didn't I? Yeah. Okay, uh, with Donovan McNabb, you've had a great career. Uh, what you need to do is become that ultimate backup quarterback if you want to continue making three or four million dollars a year as a football player. Yep. Donovan McNabb, I love you. You're a great quarterback. What a bunch of playoff games. And you, and you brought up a great point You know, in that role. Uh-huh. He could, he could help the Vikings win a couple games. And next year, I, if I was like the Dallas Cowboys, I know t- Tony Romo's going to get the, uh, but, you know, his butt kicked every once in a mm-hmm. while. Bring Donovan McNabb, play three or four. Donovan McNabb coming off the bench after an injury yes. would make an offensive huddle be like, yes, we've got a guy that's won 20 playoff games in our huddle. He could become the, the Dennis Eckersley of NFL football, maybe even create. A little bit far-fetched here, but maybe even create a new position. You know, the the closer, if you will, in football. You don't necessarily bring them in when your starter's doing terrible, but, you know, tight ball game. Your quarterback is doing okay. You bring McNabb in for a couple of series. You could see him maybe winning a couple of close uh, tight game for the Vikings down the stretch. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if uh, so. You've always wanted a role like that, but it, it just doesn't happen. A team just goes with one quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I know you want the, the changing at quarterback and – if somebody isn't going right, throwing, and nobody has ever, you have to buy a team coach in order to change that philosophy. Oh yeah, you're talking about like, oh, you know, you can't, you can't ruin the confidence of the starting quarterback by taking him out. You know, yes, you can. He can be a great quarterback. He can be having an off day. Chris Carpenter's a great pitcher. He had an off day for the Cardinals last game out. Larusa got him out after four innings. Would so you ever take Aaron Rodgers out right now? If Aaron Rodgers was eight for twenty-seven and two picks, would you take him out of the game? Yeah. No way. Yeah, possible. No and he and, and you're you're bringing up you're bringing up the most extreme case. But yeah, if I'm the Green Bay coach and I'm down six points and we are struggling and Rodgers is horrible, hey, for one series, for one series, I'll bring in uh, whoever the backup quarterback might be. Uh, I would never coach. Never. Oh. I guess I guess I have that in me too because I can't even do it at that point. I couldn't. So. What about Oakland trading for Carson Palmer? Gave up a first and a second round pick for Carson P. Well, the Bengals are doing things right. Everybody's talking about the Raiders. The Bengals first. You know, they did not just let Carson Palmer go for like a third or a second round pick before the season. They waited until it was a King's ransom. And now they're like, okay, we told you we weren't going to trade you and reward you, but you know, we can't turn this down. So now, they're going to get a first-round pick this next year and a, a, a second-round pick the year after that, unless the Raiders make it to the AFC title game in one of the next two seasons, then they get two first-round picks. The Bengals 
are in a very strong position out of the team. They got Andy Dalton at quarterback, and he's going to be a very good quarterback. Mm-hmm. They've got a bunch of young uh, receivers and offensive linemen. And now with all the, they don't have to use two picks in the first round. Maybe there's a great player like a pass rusher or or a Trent Richardson that you can trade all the way up, and you can really gotta get find a, a they got to find a backup running back for Seth Benson. So when he's serving community service, someone else can step in. And well, I think they might want to. Uh, they're not going to draft a backup to Seth Benson in the second overall pick when they take Richardson or something. But they, they've really done well now with the Raiders coach. I know they gave up a lot, but if they think they could win now, why not go for a guy that could be their quarterback for the next five or six years? So, mm-hmm. uh, And I know that's given up a lot, but they know what they're getting. And if they, no matter what, if those two first-round draft picks that they have, they're going to have to guarantee millions of dollars to a guy that they have no idea what they're getting. Mm-hmm. So I think it's money well spent. It, it, they know they're going to get a quarterback that will not throw stupid interceptions, that will can throw the ball down the field and can be a leader of men. I will take that for two first-round draft picks, period. And then Jason Campbell, that's how it is in the NFL coach. He was having a great season, proving that if you give him a, an offensive coordinator for two years in a row, which never happens for him, that he could perform. Oh, he gets picked up, dropped on his shoulder, it's busted. He'll never be a Raider again. Now he'll be looking for a job as a backup well, next season. Really? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. He's done. His contract is done. You think that they've got Terrell Pryor as a backup that they just spent a third-round draft pick on. There is no possible way they sign Campbell next year with Carson Palmer and Terrell Pryor. Interesting. Okay. So if, so if he comes back, there could be a uh, proven, at this point, quality quarterback available. You know, they're putting him on the IR. They're, his Raider career is done. And okay. and it's, that's how it is in the NFL. Let's move on. You're done as a Raider. Pack your stuff. Get out of the building. Uh, speaking of moving on, that's what we got to do, Big Dog. Great job today in our new segment, Seek and Ye Shall Find. I know you won't be on the river today. Where might the single females of Chicago find you this afternoon? Uh, they can keep on searching, Coach. I'm, I'm focused. I'm focused. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Please leave me alone, single females. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. We'll do it all over again. Tomorrow at 10, don't be late for two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, producer David Olson. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.